0: crime stories often talk about and show brutal cases involving individuals who set out to take their victims down before moving on to the next and so on and repeating these horrific stories show murderers and monsters alike many with the same motive to hurt to abuse to maim and to kill but we often forget that there are crimes that get committed out there out of brash decisions out of panic. And out of fear. Today's case blurs those lines and it's up to you to decide just where on the spectrum this story lays. My name's Ben.
1: And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim.
0: A true crime podcast. Warning. The following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is They're not getting an opening this time. No, nope. it happened on Patreon. Sorry,
1: it happened in the pre-show.
0: It did. So I do have a drink, but you're not getting a k-chick. next if time. <laughs> next time on Wicked and Grid.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of times, yeah, I'll, I'll have one or you'll have one. But yeah, we, we got nothing today. We got nothing.
0: Which, okay, Nicole just brought up a genius I, Well, I don't idea. know.
1: Okay, there could be some accountants that are listening to this that are just like, no.
0: But it, it's a possibility. It's a legitimate possibility.
1: Yeah. I think I just blew Ben's mind.
0: Because all, before we reveal what it is, those accountants would have listened to the show and would know <laughs> that it is a legitimate part of the episodes
1: uh-huh. and
0: our brand and Wicked and Grim. Yeah. So go ahead. Lay this wisdom on us. What did you say?
1: Well, because we had discovered when we were doing our taxes that we can write off our purchased merch for ourselves. Because yep. like we're, we're basically like a walking billboard yeah. when we're wearing our merch.
0: Like our uniform sort of thing. Yeah. Which – Blew my mind and I was so excited.
1: So then, as Ben is literally doing his intro, I don't even know what the fuck he said because I was just going off in my head here. Thanks. But um, could we not write off alcohol? You know, like could some, some skis a year because...
0: Well, think of it this way. If we open up each, if we each open up an alcoholic beverage each episode. Yeah. One episode a week. There's two of us. We could theoretically... Write off 104 alcoholic beverages per year, not, to, not mentioning Halloween week.
1: Or like our Patreon episodes. So Exactly. I don't know. I think we might be onto something here.
0: Can we write off booze?
1: <laughs> because I, you actually can though, because when you're doing your restaurants, right? Say you go yep. out with like a client and you have a glass of wine or something. Oh you, yeah. You then go write that off. So I feel like writing off alcohol is allowed. But how much? And I actually do write off alcohol, too, in another sense, because lots of times I'll give out like a bottle of wine when I'm delivering a wedding. So like as a client gift.
0: So we need to talk to our accountant.
1: I think we just solved it. Yeah, we can. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, so that's been our first week is talking about business stuff, taxes, really trying to get the 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 root of all these things because i'm officially doing this now full-time it, it's it's here it's you're real
1: you're a weekend it's crazy
0: and we haven't killed each other yet
1: yeah we're going strong we've done eye masks ben's trying to get me to drink coffee you know it's just it's going well
0: yep you, you'll be seeing all this stuff on patreon if you guys want to sign up <laughs> if not though that's cool you guys are here and we appreciate that but we do have people who have signed up for patreon that we have to thank. We do, and uh, how many people did you say signed up this week? I
1: think we had twelve. We're it's just like pumping over there. It's awesome.
0: Twelve people signed up this week, which is incredible. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher some names. We actually just on this did a list. giveaway
1: over there too. We
0: did. Um, so we have Christine Kennedy, Amanda Shorey, Amber Lee, Marie Lafontaine, Timothy Stewart, Laura Aldridge gotta go over to the next list here isabella wall cecilia ink the cat ty colombo kyla sparkman and jessica watts and jessica watts actually just won the getaway too <laughs> right yeah so, you
1: just signed up that's awesome so
0: boom that easy just sign up for patreon you win something but you're done you yeah. win.
1: okay when first of all thank you to all of them that yes like yeah, it just blows our mind that we're getting that much support over there. So thank you. But it's funny as you're reading the names, I can see in your eyes, like, as you're about to approach a hard name, there's just like a little bit of fear just like <laughs> coming out. I'm like, okay, that last name is going to be hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some of them are difficult. It's It's true. Yeah. And even if you try, like, even if you pronounce it correctly, like, there's different... Enunciation, something. Oh. There's different inflections and different languages and heritage, and you don't know if you're actually getting it right.
1: And some words can literally be pronounced like a few ways, really.
0: Yeah, that's S- yeah. That's, that's what basically at. what you said. What so I was getting at. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, but you did good. Thank you, and thank you to all those people who have signed up, and yeah. uh,
0: and our patrons are are awesome. They're getting some cool content behind the scenes. If you want to sign up, join them. Link is down below in the description of this podcast. If not, you're here. That's cool too. So thank you.
1: We appreciate you either way.
0: But we also got to talk about fearful. Mm. So if you don't know, Jacko, who is a part of our podcast and is who our MC for Halloween week. Yep. He is coming out with his own podcast.
1: Yeah, I don't have we dropped that on here yet.
0: We dropped another thing was coming. And this is it. Okay. It's Fearful. Jacko is hosting his own podcast called Fearful, and it's all about paranormal mysteries and just creepy shit this
1: is a big deal
0: it's dropping on june 1st
1: 2023
0: so coming up soon you guys can go check out fearful um people over on patreon again kind of got a little bit of heads up on this and they kind of got a little bit of nose no on what's happening there so
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah very exciting though
0: yeah lots is happening for the world of wicked and grim
1: absolutely
0: anyways shall we press forward I think so. Yeah?
1: Let's do it. Okay. It's going to be a total surprise since I was thinking about alcohol during your intro. So.
0: (laughs) You literally didn't listen to it at all?
1: Hardly. I was very distracted.
0: Okay. Well, the intro didn't say a whole (laughs) lot about this episode. What it did say is that it kind of blurs the line between those people who are... Very much so murderers who go out to murder. Okay. And those who commit murders and crime via accident. And I'm not saying accident per se, but to self-defense or whatever, something goes south, right?
1: Oh, okay. So this Shit is gonna it's the fan. Yeah.
0: So it's gonna blur the line in between. And I want you guys to decide where exactly this lies. If it was more accidental, if it was more on purpose.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay.
0: Now I will say right now, it's definitely on purpose, but I want to know how much on purpose. That's the question. Okay. So this story takes us off or starts us off with an individual by the name of Tina Rose Herman. Now, Tina was 32 years old and living in Howard, Ohio. She was described by her friends and family as a loving mother. She as a single mother raised her two kids, Sarah Maynard, who was 13 and Cody Maynard, who was 10. Larry, who was a kid's father was unfortunately no longer in the relationship with, with Tina Uh, And, you know, things just didn't quite work out. So Tina lived with her two kids alone at 481 King Beach Drive. Now, being that Tina was supporting herself and her kids now without Larry, she was a very diligent and dedicated employee where she worked, which is why it was odd when she didn't show up for her scheduled shift one day without calling in. Uh Uh-oh. So usually her day started at work near the evening after he'd. Her kids came home from school. Okay. She'd greet them. They'd come home from school, maybe even make them a little dinner or something. And then she'd head off to go punch the clock. Okay. So when she didn't show up, her manager thought it was, well, definitely odd.
1: Out of character.
0: Yeah. She didn't even hear from her. It's not right. So she tried to call Tina, but she didn't answer her phone. So being as concerned as she was, this really was out of character. As you said, she decided she was going to call nine one one. So on November 10th, 2010, she called and asked for a welfare check on Tina at her home. So it's not like it's a super emergency, but she's Mm -hmm. definitely concerned. This is out of character. Can we get a welfare check? Okay,
1: but I also have to admit, like, well done on the boss there. Oh, definitely. Like, realizing right away that there could be an issue and actually going about doing something about it. Like, I actually loved that. That's good. That's good stuff.
0: Yes, and that plays a very big part in this, actually.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, how quickly she was to respond. Hmm. So the police stopped by her home and made their way up to her door. They knocked. But got no response.
1: No answer. Now the, but house, the kiddos should be there.
0: Well, exactly. The house was quiet. There was no sound of Tina or her kids. Didn't seem like anyone was home. So the police couldn't really do much. They assumed no one was home, maybe she Uh-oh. went out of state or something. So they walked back down the driveway, got in their car and drove away without any information. Which I mean rightfully so. Yeah. It's not like they can storm a house. They don't have a warrant or anything, right?
1: Oh, but yeah, you're like, "Oh, hopefully everything's okay in there."
0: Yeah. Uh, and again, they don't have suspicion, right? And I think to do that, to just enter a home without a warrant, they need suspicion of, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure the exact term, but they need suspicion without a, re- a reasonable doubt or something like that.
1: Like if a window was broken or the door was kind of open, then they probably could, you know. Exactly. Go search. But Yeah.
0: But it was a sealed up house just like any other down the street. And
1: nothing looked off.
0: Exactly. So you can't just barge in. So the next day would come around and a missing person report would be filed but not on tina oddly enough it was 41 year old stephanie sprang who just so happened to be tina's neighbor and close friend now the last time anyone had heard from stephanie she was over at tina's house tina had been looking to move ideally a little bit closer to work. So Stephanie was there helping her friend begin to process and organize and get all the packagings together for starting to get things in boxes. Hmm. So she was there. Now, it was also noted that this day, Tina's two kids, Sarah and Cody, never showed up for school.
1: Holy shit, what's going on here?
0: The police were just beginning to get some information together. They were drawing these two connections between tina to stephanie and missing school right when they received a phone call it was tina's manager from work again okay well apparently she wasn't satisfied with the well check welfare check the police did on tina yesterday though she was aware they couldn't enter the home without the warrant or anything she decided she didn't need a warrant to go into the home mm,
1: that's true yeah yeah she's just like me Check in as kind of a friend, making sure she's okay.
0: Exactly. Now, it is unclear how she exactly got into the home. I have some guesses on a later part here, but it's kind of irrelevant. Regardless, she let herself into the home. And when she did, she got inside and was greeted with a gruesome scene.
1: Oh, no. And
0: quickly dialed 911.
1: Seriously? So it's Stephanie's the neighbor, right? Correct. Did she do some shit? Or maybe Stephanie's in there, too. Okay, I'm listening.
0: Well, on the 911 call, she informed the police who she was and that she's yeah. there regarding Tina. And she was the one who called the day before and she told them she went to her house to check and inside she found, quote, blood everywhere. Oh, jeez! The police rushed to the scene and they found a bloodbath, but no people, no one alive and no one dead.
1: Holy, okay, I was also expecting there to be like three or four bodies in there.
0: Nope, no one. Huh. So by the door, there was a pool of blood, and there was drag marks found heading towards the bedroom. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: And then inside the bathroom, it looked like a scene right out of a horror movie, as the tub had blood spatters and smears all up the walls and along the tub, and spray marks and flecks oh. across the floor, even on the toilet right beside the bath. The bathtub had flecks of blood all around the bowl.
1: That makes my stomach just sink.
0: It was immediately clear to investigators what took place in the bathtub. Dismemberment.
1: Oh okay. I don't know why I didn't go there, but I had not gone there.
0: You did anytime there's a murder case and there's a bloody bathtub, what happens in the bloody bathtub? Yeah,
1: I'm very aware now. Well I was. I just for some reason was in a happier mind frame than that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: you're a co-host of a true crime podcast
1: yeah and apparently just dis- body dismemberment is blowing my mind yeah. today
0: sunshine lollipops and rainbows
1: so yeah people sometimes ask how do you cope with having to do these stories and i'm barely yeah. just in oblivion
0: over here yeah you block it out that's how Jeez. wow um so yeah unfortunately this was a very real scene not sunshine and lollipops um and the Bathtub was clearly used for dismounting.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: So by the scene left at the house, they were not sure if anyone was going to be left alive as a result, but they were able to figure out a few things as far as how it could have played out. First, there was bags of groceries that were found in the kitchen, but they weren't put away. Still just sitting there in the kitchen.
1: Like someone had just gone shopping.
0: Like someone had just come home from shopping. The receipt showed the purchase was made approximately around noon. So this meant Tina most likely would have come home shortly after doing some shopping and brought the groceries in. And before she had a chance to put them away, was interrupted when she had entered her home. Okay. Then the bloodstains by the door also suggested someone was assaulted either as they entered the home or as they were trying to leave. Right. They also found the garage door. It wasn't quite working. It was left open partially and even in the closed position it was open enough for a person to crawl under and enter the home if they wanted to, which is partially why I'm or part of the reason why I'm thinking that that could have been how the boss entered the mm. home if necessary. OK, but she might have had a key too. it's kind of irrelevant information
1: or the back door was unlocked or something.
0: Yeah. So this is how they presume the perpetrator would have entered. OK. Now, in the garage, there was also more blood and Tina's truck was also missing, which meant whoever was responsible for this must have taken the truck away from the scene.
1: With the bodies, I'm imagining. Most
0: likely with the bodies. Wow. Now, there was one final thing they found at the crime scene. It was a bag from Walmart. Now, a bag in itself might not seem very conspicuous, but uh, this one had things in it. Tarps. Okay. Multiple tarps. hmm Investigators then turned to Walmart for a history of their purchases. They didn't have a receipt, but since they didn't have one, they thought, let's look it up in their, their registry right. and go do that. And they can see what's been purchased. So they managed to find out which Walmart it was purchased at, what items were purchased, and amongst just the tarps, there were several other like latex gloves, for example, being on that list. Um, and they also managed to find CCTV security camera footage. Okay,
1: that's what I was wondering.
0: Yeah. So they found footage of a Caucasian male approximately in his 30s. He was very casual when he's walking through the till, purchasing the items, and just walking out of the store on his merry way.
1: Good God, with just like tarps to go murder people? That's He really... pretty
0: much had a DIY murder scene kit. Yeah. That he just purchased from Walmart.
1: And he's just... Yeah, just another day.
0: Just la di da Not a big deal whatsoever. Wow. And he left a bag behind. At
1: what? In Walmart?
0: No, no, Sorry. At, oh, at, at, at the, the crime scene. Scene of the crime. Okay. Like, how do you just, like, really? You yeah.
1: Leave? Yeah, actually. So he really wasn't too concerned about, well, clearly he wasn't, I was going to say cleaning up, but clearly he fucking wasn't at all. There's like a f- shit show in there.
0: Well, I just, I don't know. I can see both sides of this. Especially considering you just did something so horrific. Your mind might be clouded and convoluted situations. It might be hard to keep track of everything. You leave something behind easy enough. Also in that sense, you're going to commit something like this and you can't look after a bag of stuff. Yeah. Do you think you're going to get
1: away with it? Obviously it was planned, right? To some degree. So.
0: Well, again, that's kind of where I want you guys to figure out on your own. See Uh, where you think it lays. If it was planned, if it was premeditated, if it wasn't. Where on that spectrum?
1: Well, I mean, if someone's buying shit from Walmart like that, I feel like, okay, no, I'll just listen and then I'll decide.
0: Okay. well, it didn't take long for police to be able to take that footage of a rather rather normal looking dude and actually find a name and identify him. Oh, wow. His name was Matthew Hoffman and not the infamous BMX legend Matt Hoffman that has like video games out there and stuff. Not that dude.
1: Okay, well, because I was like, why am I recognizing that name? That's not the same last name that she
0: had, right? Um, No, no, uh, Tina Herman. Okay. Yeah, so okay. Hoffman, Herman, different. Close, but different. Okay. Uh, so it was, yeah, like I said, Matthew Hoffman. Uh, now, not a lot is known about his early bringing up, his childhood per se, but we are going to touch on him and who he is a little bit here. So we do know that by 2001, at the age of 19, Matthew had taken to crime to try and support himself. He was living in Steamboat Springs, Colorado at the time, and he had just broken into a condo complex in hopes of finding some stuff to steal.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: He got what he could, stealing anything that was worth something and was easy to carry out before he got out of there. He was quick, quiet, and left no witnesses. But Matthew was still not quite happy with how it all played out. He later said that he couldn't get the thought of any fingerprints that he could possibly have left behind at the scene out of his mind, and that he came up with his own way to make sure that no one would find them.
1: Okay, what on earth did he
0: do? What do you think? What do you think he would do to ensure that he erases all his fingerprints that could possibly be in an entire building?
1: Oh, burned it down.
0: He returned to the scene of the crime. That
1: took me way too long to figure out.
0: And set the complex on fire.
1: Do you know where my mind went first, which is so fucked? What? I was like, he removed his fingerprints. <laughs> that's where it went first. And I was like, no, that's not logical. What else could it be?
0: Actually, that that is logical. As long as there's not fingerprints already on file. If he removes his, they can't match them yeah, him. Yeah, but
1: that's pretty, like, that's affecting your way of living.
0: Not necessarily. You just have, like burn scars or something you have to, like burn the shit at the tips of your fingers
1: yeah i guess it could work
0: yeah that's actually not about it that'd be much easier
1: <laughs> than burning the place to the ground yes it's only oh. affecting you yeah versus everyone everyone in that apartment
0: exactly and i mean he did target just the uh the con the, the condo he broke into specifically oh, okay. um but however all 16 residents met um Units, I guess, within this complex were affected.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, The whole thing ended up burning down, and he caused over $2 million worth of damages.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. So he actually wasn't caught, but he did eventually turn himself over to the police and confess his crimes. Okay. And he was sentenced to eight years in prison, but only served six before he was released and moved to Howard, Ohio.
1: Okay. Okay. That seems... I'm like... I mean, a lot of shit was went down there, which sucks. But like the fact that he was remorseful and turned himself in and then served like a decent amount of time.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there there is that there's some consolation prizes there. Yeah. Uh, But now in 2010, Matthew had just turned 30 and mainly kept to himself Um, a little bit more on him now in 2010. He first found work as a tree trimmer, but he was rather odd. And by the October of 2010, he had lost his job and was collecting unemployment benefits.
1: Okay.
0: A lot of people really found him odd, in fact. Neighbors often saw him out in his garden, lying in his hammock under the two trees he had on his property. Um, But they also reported that Matthew resorted to shooting and eating squirrels in his yard. Um, I mean, this could be because he just didn't want to go to the supermarket or he couldn't afford anything at the store or who knows what, but either way he was eating squirrels.
1: Huh? At first I was like, what the fuck's odd about laying in your hammock under your trees? That sounds amazing.
0: (laughs) No, it's not just laying in your hammock. It's an accumulation of other things like laying in the hammock and looking up and shooting a squirrel and then going inside and cooking it.
1: Yeah. That's something. How do they know for sure that he was cooking it and eating, eating it?
0: Uh, they
1: just assumed,
0: I guess when someone's shooting squirrels and taking them inside.
1: Maybe he didn't like squirrels and he just wanted them dead.
0: Maybe, but who knows?
1: Most likely not. Just uh, playing devil's advocate.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I, I do that on a regular basis. So <laughs> it's, it's refreshing for you to play that part. Uh, so something else did happen in October of that year that may have, uh, tipped the scales for Matthew, if you want to put it that way. And it was that his girlfriend had left him. Now, we're not exactly sure why, but there is a police report uh, out there reportedly that she claimed Matthew was becoming violent and choked her during a domestic incident.
1: Mm, Wow.
0: So this left Matthew jobless, collecting benefits and eating squirrels all in isolation.
1: Huh. I mean, that sounds pretty rough. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah. So now this brings us to November 15th, 2010, five days after Tina had first failed to show up for her scheduled work shift. The police remember that they had actually met Matthew recently on the 11th. In fact, when they were investigating Tina's home, he had actually pulled up in his vehicle outside the home. Really? Yep. Okay. So as he drove up, deputies noticed him immediately and they asked why he was visiting and what looked like a murder scene, basically. And Matthew was rather quick in his feet. He told the officers right then and there that he was there to pick up his girlfriend from work just down the street. Um, Matthew wasn't a suspect, but the officers did question him and press him. Well, yeah. They asked who his girlfriend was and where she worked. And Matthew was quick again. He told the officers that she worked at a nearby inn and that he said that he wasn't sure about her last name because they had only recently just started dating. Pretty new to each other still. Um, But he could tell them her first name, though. And her first name was Sarah.
1: So that's so he's referring to the neighbor. Was that the neighbor's name? Sorry,
0: the or? neighbor was Stephanie.
1: Oh, shit. Sorry, I'm getting like H's and S's. And
0: Sarah was, however, the daughter's name.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. I wasn't gonna say anything, but you kind of started linking it. How so I'll, I'll old give you that was one. The,
1: was the daughter again 13? Okay, okay, yeah. This is just getting a little bit more interesting here.
0: So believing his story, the officers let him go, which I mean, at that time, they have no suspicion of him. He's just some dude driving up by a crime scene. I mean, obviously, like any nosy neighbor would probably be doing the same thing. You watch any movie Hollywood, they have like the whole neighborhood standing on the street staring and gawking, right? Mm.
1: And if anything, it's almost kind of like, oh, this guy doesn't realize what happened here. But then someone like me, I'm like, that guy's freaking guilty. He's showing yeah. up to the crime the day after it happened. But
0: you have hindsight. That's that's a big part exactly. of it, right? So. Yeah. So now they did know something serious was going on when they, uh, when they drew these lines between it. They realized he was at the scene there. He's now the one seen on CCTV footage purchasing yep. the items found in the home. Um, they also linked the vehicle that they saw when he pulled up at this crime scene to the one parked outside of Walmart when the purchases were made. So it is confirmed. Wow. Okay. So they got a warrant to search his home. When they got there, they were ready and they were prepared to find anything when they entered the home, they burst in and they found something they weren't expecting.
1: Okay. What on earth would they not be expecting? I feel like they'd almost be expecting anything.
0: Well, let me tell you, would you expect this?
1: Everyone is alive.
0: When they burst open the door, they found leaves.
1: What do you mean? Just like a shit ton of leaves everywhere?
0: There were bags of leaves, loose leaves spread all over the floor, like two feet deep throughout the house.
1: Okay. Yeah. I definitely would not have been expecting that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's no way. It was leaves. Just wow. everywhere, a that's, shit ton of leaves.
1: It's kind of nice, though.
0: Now, I mean, it was the end of autumn, so I mean, leaves were in abundance, which completely makes sense. But why they're scattered in the home? You
1: like raking them up and bringing them in their house for some decor?
0: Uh, it's beyond decor. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was raking them up and bringing them into his home.
1: Really? Okay.
0: So, needless to say, though, it was a tactical nightmare. For police trying to get through this home. Oh,
1: gosh.
0: They didn't know what was in those piles of leaves.
1: Oh, man.
0: There could have been drug paraphernalia, say needles, for example. Uh, They were afraid that Matthew had actually set traps within the leaves or potentially the bodies of Of victims. Of the
1: victims, yeah.
0: laying in these leaves. That's where
1: I had gone. Okay, that's terrifying.
0: Yeah. So they were ready for anything, but they were not ready for that.
1: No. No, you would not be. Wow. Okay.
0: So when they entered the home, Matthew was sleeping on his couch in the living room. So they burst in, they raid, and they take him. And he doesn't really say anything. He just watches the police slowly make their way through his home and try and process what the fuck is going on in this house. Not even when they finally noticed a cabinet pushed up against a door leading to the basement. Did he say a word?
1: Oh, gosh.
0: They noticed this cabinet. They moved it aside and it was blocking the access and they opened the door and they slowly made their way into the basement.
1: I like still some serious hope that these, this family's alive.
0: Well, they did find 13 year old Sarah Maynard downstairs in the basement, tied up to a bed made of leaves with her hands completely bound in a plastic bag around her waist, almost like it was a diaper. Whoa. Sarah, when she saw the police, went into absolute shock. She began panicking and rambling and telling the police that she was late for school and she had to get to school.
1: Huh. Well, she's just terrified out of her fucking mind.
0: Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. She also told police that Matthew had killed her dog and she was very worried about her dog, which is a portion I have so far left out, but he did.
1: Oh, okay. I hate him. I mean, he, I already did. He
0: later admitted to killing the dog because it wouldn't stop barking.
1: Wow. Yeah. Because you're an asshole. Yes. That's why I didn't stop barking. Yes. Okay. Ugh.
0: so Sarah though did have suspicions of that. She didn't have any idea of what happened to her mother, brother or Stephanie. According to Sarah, Matthew had explained that he was waiting for ransom money to come in from her parents and that he was going to return her home. He'd even promised that she'd be home by Christmas.
1: Huh? Okay. So like she, like he, he was basically like abusing her down there.
0: We'll get into that a little bit, but yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. Um, Matthew, however, wasn't quite as forthcoming to the police when they questioned Sarah. She told him everything, of course. Right. But Matthew yeah. was lips tight.
1: This guy is so interesting how I just like am picturing this person that just is not affected by anything and just like going through this, the motions and the steps and just like, like a straight line.
0: And maybe, I, maybe it's very odd. Things might change in that opinion here. This is a. There's a little bit of different insight to this case, which is why, again, I want you to kind of draw your opinion on where on the spectrum it lies. Okay. So he didn't say a word during any of the interviews. Only once he pounded his chest with his fists and signaled as something breaking with his hands. He didn't even answer when the police asked him if that meant that his heart was broken. Just silence. But everything did change a few days later. His tune changed and he began to talk. Matthew went into another in- interview and asked if the camera was on and the officers told him that it wasn't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, of course we're not recording here in this interrogation room. Um, so he did believe them and he started talking.
1: That's lying though. I feel like you have to, I mean, maybe there was a few years ago, but like you have to state if something is recording like that. Do you
0: not? No, because, I mean, you're still talking to police, which is like witness. I don't think so. I don't know. I'd have to look into it.
1: I feel like you would have to be like full disclosure, but I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's not like this is a you're calling into a, a phone line or something. This call may be recorded for company policies and you insurance. You
1: tell us and it's recorded. Yeah. Like, this is obviously recorded, buddy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he started talking and he said that he just had the same nightmare for a second time. And he needed to talk about it. He said that in his dream, he'd been in a food processing plant. And when he'd opened the bag in front of him, it was filled with human body parts. He took that to mean that he had to come clean. So he decided to tell the police what he'd done. He did, however, have one condition. He would tell the police where to find the bodies if they agreed to allow him to escape.
1: Oh no, but this I my okay, this isn't good.
0: Well, this this wasn't going to be a real escape though. His, well, yeah. His plan was only a cover up of a falsified escape. Here. He was going to pretend to run away so that the police could shoot and kill him.
1: That's what he wanted.
0: That's what he wanted. He's like just just let me run away and then you can be like, "Oh no, he's getting away, shoot him." And then you can kill me.
1: Well, wow, so that's almost kind of like a, a suicide plan.
0: It is. Only after that, his lawyer would release the information on where the bodies would be found. That's what he wanted. Huh. The police, of course, didn't agree. They're not going to just kill him at his wish, right? Yeah. Um, and Matthew stopped talking again.
1: Frig, but the lawyer knows where the bodies are? Apparently. I don't know if the
0: lawyer does yet or what. Or he was going to
1: tell him. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. But it would be only two days later that he'd change his mind all over again. Matthew told investigators where to find the bodies under the condition that the prosecution wouldn't press for the death penalty.
1: Okay, hey, I just have like this terrible thought though that like he was using a food grinder of sorts without people knowing and now what's been going on for those past four days or whatever.
0: There's no cannibalism. Okay. No, you're good.
1: Okay. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I guess, I mean, I'm not doing the case. I'm the only one that exactly, does. Exactly.
0: That'd be so. you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I do find this super interesting though, because Matthew A started with, I will tell you where the bodies are if you kill me, basically.
1: Oh, yeah. And now
0: he's like, I'll tell you where the bodies are if you don't kill me.
1: That's very interesting. He's a lot going on in his head.
0: He has a lot going on yeah. in his head. Yeah. So... He would then write a four page confession detailing his crimes, but he left out one very important part. According to Matthew, he'd only ever been nice to Sarah. He apparently had gave her a copy of Treasure Island. They'd watch movies together. He'd cook burgers for her and he'd even fall asleep with her in his arms.
1: Hmm, okay. His
0: exact words are, quote, I would not have hurt her. I could not hurt her. I planned on giving her more and more freedom until she ran away. Hmm. Sarah, however, told a very different story. According to her, in the four days that Matthew had had tied her up in the basement, he'd repeatedly sexually assaulted her.
1: Holy shit.
0: This claim was backed up by the physical evidence and evaluation oh. on Sarah, the abuse on her body. Wow. Uh, So a charge of rape was added to the nine other accounts that Matthew was facing.
1: What the actual hell? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, is he just like delusional and like what's happening in his world? Or is he just stretching the truth to make himself seem better and not like a complete ass? Or more than an ass, a complete disgusting monster.
0: Well, luckily, Matthew, like I said, did write a four page confession. Okay, yes, he did. So we do have accounts for his side of the story. Um, and by all accounts, it sounds like this is the truth. I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, it's just his side of the story. No, I think this is most likely how it played out by the sounds of it. Okay. So after Matthew was left jobless and single, he went back to his old ways. Theft. Right. According to Matthew, he picked a house at random. That one is up for debate. He found one in the neighborhood that didn't have any other houses too close. In fact, this one was kind of on a block on its own with kind of forested area around it. So he waited. He camped in the surrounding bushes near the home, sleeping only in a sleeping bag to try and fight off the cold. And finally, after a time period that isn't quite clear, assumed a few days, I've heard three days, Um, but again, not confirmed. But it was a few days before he made his move. Matthew approached the home now that it seemed to be empty he tried the front door but it was locked and from there he went around to the back and found the partially open garage door and he slid inside all he had to do now was look for anything worth stealing right grab it and be on his way he was looking for the same things as he did back in 2001 he wanted something that was light easy to carry like money or jewelry yeah but he had a hard time finding anything worthwhile in this house he searched the home for about an hour. Whoa! When suddenly he heard the sound of a car pulling up into the driveway.
1: Oh man!
0: So he had a choice to make. He could either sneak out, or he could hide. He ch- he knew that if he tried to sneak out, he probably was going to get caught. Yeah. So he chose to hide. He ran into a bedroom, closed the door, and waited. Ideally, whoever it was would come back and pick something up before heading out again. So he sat silently waiting. But then the bedroom door started to open.
1: Oh, man.
0: In walked Tina Herman and the whole situated situation escalated incredibly quickly. Matthew came prepared to defend himself or to attack whichever situation he found himself in. He had a hunting knife and a sap which a sap is a small little leather pouch filled with like metal bearings. So think like a leather coin pouch, basically. Okay. So you can just like hit and okay bludgeoning. Yeah. So he ordered Tina to lie in the bed, bearing both the weapons. And fearing for her life, Tina listened. So as Tina laid face down on the bed, Matthew hit her across the back of the head with the sap. His intent was to knock her out, but all he ended up doing was injuring her. Realizing that she was still conscious, Matthew hit Tina across the head again, but then he heard the bedroom door swing open behind oh, him. Oh no. He turned around to look, and this time he saw 41-year-old Stephanie Sprang, Tina's neighbor and best friend. Okay. The pair of them locked eyes as Matthew stood over Tina, who was still conscious and laying on the bed. Stephanie panicked and ran, but Matthew didn't want either of the women to escape or call for help. So with his knife in the other hand, he quickly stabbed Tina in the back twice.
1: Oh, geez. Before
0: he took off after Stephanie through the house.
1: Holy shit.
0: He managed to catch up to her before she got to the front door and he stabbed her twice in the chest. He then ran back to the first bedroom, stabbed Tina another couple of times and realized they were both dead.
1: Well, yeah.
0: And... I'm not too sure where it is. I avoided researching this part because I love dogs. But somewhere in around here, he would have went after the dog with a knife as well.
1: The dog was barking at this guy. Yes. Okay. First of all, so I'm assuming he was like camped out kind of like figuring out their schedules, right? So he was... Probably really thinking like no one was going to be home at that time.
0: That's what he was aiming for. Definitely.
1: That. Okay. This whole thing is freaking terrifying, but it is so unbelievably terrifying to think that someone is just like camping out behind your house, like just watching you. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like that just makes me feel like shit. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Like go check your backyards, but also don't because it's scary. (laughs)
0: Go do it, but don't lock your doors.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow.
0: Yeah. So according to Matthew, killing anyone was never part of the plan. And the fact that he now just killed two women put him into a daze. He said he kept walking around the house trying to figure out what to do. And then he came up with an idea. He took their bodies to the bathroom, (gasps) placed them in the tub. Wow. He collected bins from around the house and started dismembering the bodies into pieces.
1: I I am sorry, but that's, that's really fucked up.
0: He put their body parts into a bag and started loading them into Tina's truck, which was now in the garage. Oh my gosh. But during one of these trips, he heard the front door to yep. the house open up. The son? He was not faced with two women this time, but Tina's two children.
1: Both kids.
0: They had both just come home from school and walked in the front door and saw Matthew And and blood, blood. Sarah bolted and managed to make it to her room, but Cody wasn't so lucky. Matthew swung his knife and stabbed Cody in the chest, killing him almost right away. But Matthew didn't stick around to check and see how long he was alive for. He was worried that Sarah went to a room and was calling the police with a phone in there. So he came in, bursting, and found her there. She wasn't calling for help. And Matthew later said that he saw her, he couldn't kill her. Instead, he ripped the cord from an electrical fan and tried to tie ter- tie Sarah up. He then would drag her to the kitchen while he got back to work, taking out the rest of the bins, dismembering his victims, including 11-year-old Cody. Oh
1: brutal why could he not ki- kill sarah though do, do we talk about that later or just like he just
0: all he said is that he couldn't
1: he couldn't huh
0: matthew then came back and bundled sarah up into the truck and sarah had no idea that she was now within a vehicle that contained her completely dismembered family and neighbor shoved inside of bins
1: oh
0: all she did know was a man was taking her somewhere and there was nothing she could do about it.
1: Yeah, this is a lot. It is. This is a lot. <clears throat> this is very, very disturbing. And I already have my answer in my head. So
0: Matthew ended up taking her to his home, led her to the basement, tied her up to, to the bed before getting back to his work. He knew he had to get rid of the bodies. He thought about driving his truck to the lake and swimming it and swimming ashore from there. So driving it right into the water, letting it sink Uh, and swimming ashore. Okay. Yeah. But it was November and he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to swim because of the cold. So he thought a bit more and he figured out a place that he thought would be perfect. He knew a 60 foot tree in Cocosing wildlife area. And he knew this tree just so happened to be hollow. So he hauled bags of body parts over several different trips and used his climbing equipment from previous jobs that he had as a tree trimmer. Yeah to haul them up the tree and dump them inside the tree. He did this using multiple different vehicles to attempt to cover his tracks. He used his own truck, Tina's. He used Stephanie's Jeep. He even took his bike once and walked back and forth twice.
1: Holy frig. Okay. So he's like really thinking this part through now, I guess.
0: He is. So with the bodies hidden, Matthew again reverted back to his old ways. The next evening he went back to Tina's house, ready to burn it to the ground.
1: Okay.
0: But that's when he discovered the police had already found the scene as he was pulling. So
1: it. he wasn't gonna be able to.
0: Yep. So when he had talked to police, he was there to burn the house down.
1: Okay. So he he realized that he left shit there that needed to be destroyed. Like yep. The bag or or why did he have that bag?
0: He would have In the process of dismembering the bodies.
1: Oh.
0: Gone to Walmart to get some supplies.
1: Holy shit. So he literally went to Walmart after. Yes. And was just like calm as a cucumber. Yes. That's disturbing. Yes. Really disturbing. Yes. Okay.
0: So January of 2011, Matthew would have his trial. He pled guilty to all 10 charges. Three accounts of kidnapping, kidnapping, For abducting the three victims, three accounts of abuse of a corpse for dismembering the bodies of victims and scattering the remains, and one account of sexual assault regarding Sarah. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Right. And that's when the press had dubbed the Leaf Killer.
1: The Leaf Killer.
0: He was the Leaf Killer, and he will remain in prison till he dies. Okay. Okay. So one final little note here: Sarah did move in with her father, Larry, um, who said that she went back to school and worked very closely with therapists to deal with this tragedy.
1: Well, yeah, that is some trauma.
0: Um, Larry also said that uh, regarding Sarah, quote, she is strong and has gotten through this with her faith in God and the love of her family.
1: Oh my gosh, she okay? That's good that oh that she's like doing well, but gosh, just what she's having to deal with.
0: I imagine that, uh, she might be doing well, but I don't think, uh, I think this is going to affect her for, for oh, her, of course,
1: for her entire life. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: But the, the conversation I do want to have is, do you think he's just a cold blooded murderer? Do you think it's something that just got out of hand, an accident and he just covered his tracks? What, what do you think? You said you have your answer.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I do. Okay. So I think that he's a terrible person. I think that he's a criminal for sure. Like he definitely is a criminal. But I do. I don't know because it seems so weird to me. Okay. Like I'm still processing. It seems very weird to me that he saved or he didn't do this to Sarah, but then he did it to the other three. So could he not have easily just have not killed all, all of them, you know? So that's why I'm kind of like, well, did he intend to murder someone? Like he came prepared with some serious he did. weapons and stuff. He had a
0: hunting knife in his hand. Yeah. Right? And when he did have Tina, she was on the bed and he just began assaulting her with that sap, the weapon, right? If he's going to ensure this doesn't happen or... You know, doesn't, no one squeals or something. He's not going to be assaulting her. He's going to tie her up, make sure she can't see shit. Well,
1: because even as you were kind of presenting the story, I was like, there's opportunities for him to, like, get away. Yes. In that, in that scenario there.
0: And an hour in someone's home. That's a long time.
1: And you did say that he potentially um, was abusive to his girlfriend.
0: Potentially, yes.
1: So... I don't know. You know, maybe he was going to be escalating to be doing murders. And this is this is the, the time, the one.
0: Maybe. I I mean, clearly, there's definitely some undiagnosed mental disorders or something going on there because mm-hmm. he's he's not quite there. Now, there there was reports um, after searching his home with the search warrant and everything. Police did find his freezer, which apparently contained squirrels and popsicles.
1: Wow. So that
0: was his diet, apparently.
1: Oh, God. Um,
0: And there is also a lot of allegations around this case regarding him being um, very, uh, what's the best way to say it? Sexualizing trees. Okay. So the the leaves, for example, in his home, um, the tree that he hid the remains in apparently was a tree that he was very fond of. I mean, he climbed it often, most likely, especially if he knew all the way up and it was hollow in there and the specific tree. Oh, man. So there is allegations of sexualizing trees.
1: Interesting. I never heard of that.
0: I mean, to each their own. I'm not going to knock someone for something like that. Right. But
1: I will knock you if
0: you go ahead and like start murdering people. It's not
1: illegal to sexualize trees.
0: Yeah. I mean, lots of people like wood. Right?
1: <laughs> Holy shit, you went there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, to say if he's like a cold-blooded murderer. My gosh.
0: I mean, he is definitely a cold-blooded murderer. For sure. Yes. But is, it, is he intentionally a cold-blooded murderer? Is the question.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say <sighs> No.
0: No, he's not.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm going with, I think. Oh, but that just destroys me to say that.
0: So then here's my question that I want to beg you with this one. What was he going to do with Sarah?
1: I know that's like, there's just so, but like you said, so he has some some mental health um, stuff that he's dealing with. Maybe he just like saw her and was just like had... Some sort of like connection was like, oh my gosh, like this, this, this girl's like an angel or whatever. Like I need to save her.
0: He sexually abused her. Oh, fuck. <laughs> he was charged with, with sexual abuse.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. Okay. No, this, oh, I don't. Okay. You were asking me. I'm
0: asking you impossible questions.
1: Impossible co- questions. This because guy is literally like the biggest deuce canoe ever. Like he's disgusting. Yeah. He's a nasty motherfucker.
0: Because I do think. He's not intentionally a cold-blooded killer, but I think he got way in over his head and he's just going to roll with those punches, which turns him into one after the fact.
1: Well, the whole Sarah thing.
0: Well, that's. This would be
1: easier to answer kind of if he had murdered her as well, but the fact that he like kept her is just continuing the abuse is. It is. Horrible.
0: Because put it this way, if he keeps her in, in his basement, There's one of two things that's going to happen here. Either he continues to keep her and continues to abuse her or he's going to continue to abuse her and eventually she will die as a result. Yeah. Those are the two options.
1: But then didn't he say that she was going to let her go at some point? Well, that's what he said. He
0: claimed. Yeah. Now, I'm not not to not to throw the idea out the window that she could escape. That's definitely a possibility. But before that happens, those are the only two things that are going to occur. Is either she's gonna continue being abused or continue being abused until he kills her or she dies as a result. Yeah. So he is letting this happen, letting this continuing continue to happen knowingly. That there makes him a cold blooded criminal murderer, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, like he I don't think if he didn't get caught, I don't think Sarah would have gotten out of that situation alive. Right? So then how remorseful was he for murdering the other three when he was literally going to be doing that to Sarah? Yeah. Like he did turn into a cold-blooded murderer.
0: Yeah. I think with the other three, yeah, you can make the argument of he panicked, he snapped and he didn't know what to do and he dismembered and hid them and sure. Okay. Not that it's okay to do that. It's still fucking horrific.
1: He went next level with that.
0: However, the whole idea of snapping or not knowing or going into a haze as he put it, Sure, you can make that argument for three. You can no longer make that argument for Sarah because now Mm -hmm. you have four days of sitting on this and continuing. Yeah. That's that's the part that Hmm. makes it worse. Well,
1: I mean, I'm glad that he is in jail and that he's going to be in there for the rest of his life because, I mean, he's already (sighs) been in and out of jail previously to this, right? And now his crime has just like escalated to the nines so that is kind of where he needs to be
0: so what happens if he got away with this if he did have sarah still do you think he would have done it again to someone else yeah i think he would have yeah if he got to burn the house down and they never did find the walmart bag and never got to put anything together i think he would have done it again
1: oh yeah because i think that this is was just like almost i don't want to say natural but like a progression of his like his criminal, criminal activity.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because that's what he did. He broke into a place looking for things, left, burned it down. He tried to do the exact same thing here. Only this time the people came home and he would have killed them, taken one of them, and gotten away with it. hmm And he would have liked it and he would have done it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, so, pro- it would have just become like almost a new fetish or obsession for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is where i think it's just escalating it's escalating he's letting it escalate he's enjoying the escalation he's he's a cold-blooded killer in my opinion yeah we just so happen to be just at the start of it that he was Mm -hmm. caught
1: yeah brutal wow that is um that is a brutal case and one that i have never heard
0: of yeah so Hmm. I've been researching that one for a few weeks now.
1: It kind of seems like it was a doozy.
0: It was. It would be
1: f- to research.
0: And it, it was very difficult to try and tell the story. Um, not as Matthew's story. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. a lot of articles do talk about that out there. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of information on Matthew. So it's kind of hard not for it to be his story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, I just want to highlight his victims more so. Cody, yeah. Sarah tina and stephanie um yeah fuck matthew
1: yeah totally fuck him for sure
0: yeah. uh well we thank you guys for being here thank you for sticking through this whole episode and uh yeah hopefully there's not someone camped out your backyard for the next three days watching yeah
1: that's you. creepy as shit. <laughs> holy heck
0: just bugging you but we do appreciate you um if you want to check out our social media links they're all in the description of this podcast below we have facebook instagram you name it patreon youtube you can go ahead and give us a rating that means a lot. We, we really love, appreciate we love the that. the ratings. Um, yeah. So until next time, though.
1: Stay wicked.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,